happy Friday night to you. I hope you had an amazing day. And if you didn't, let me bring you closer to the weekend, okay? This is when I get started, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. Thank you oh so much to our producer for the night, Jack Stern. He's holding it down. He was here with us yesterday. He's here with us tonight. And me, I'm here with you again. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's when I get started. And, of course, on a Friday night, we got a lot to get into. First of all, of course, we're getting ready for all of the NFL games. Get you all set up for the weekend, all Sunday football. Of course, we're going to get you set up for Saturday. We're going to take a look at all the Saturday afternoon contests that you need to be privy to if you're a fan of college football. Matter of fact, about 20 minutes from now, we're going to have a conversation with Emery Hunt. Covers college football for CBS Sports HQ. He knows everything and anything about the college game. We'll get there. Back to the pros. We have individuals who have been traded, Christian McCaffrey. We have guys who have wanted to be traded, Elijah Moore. Have you ever even heard of this guy? We'll talk about that. And then we have someone who is probably begging, waiting, and wanting a trade. That is Russell Westbrook. Speaking of Russells, there's another Russell in the NFL who unfortunately is helping to shepherd just a disaster of a team right now. That is Russell Wilson. And for today, there was actually a big story about Russell Wilson and his Subway sandwich. Like they pulled the man's Subway sandwich. Okay, whatever you say. Dak Prescott says he will be back to work. And then Carolina Panthers, they did some, uh, they've been doing some house cleaning. Hilariously, the Carolina Panthers are saying that we are not tanking. Sure. Sure. Here's the deal, folks. If you want to hit me up over the next four hours, it's very simple. The number here is 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You can hit me up online. I'm on social media. I am at JR Sport Brief. And if you follow me on social media, you will already know about every single thing that we are going to discuss. And this took place last night. New Orleans Saints losing to the Arizona Cardinals, getting blown out, well, not blown out, but climbing an uphill uh, crawl or climb uh, out in Glendale, Arizona. We know that that took place. But immediately, basically almost at the same exact moment that the game was shutting down, we learned about that Christian McCaffrey trade. And so we talked about it a lot. But a whole lot can happen in 24 hours. Christian McCaffrey is already in the Bay Area. And if you've seen Christian McCaffrey, this man is like chiseled out of stone. He's probably already chomping at the bit to go out there and play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Christian McCaffrey, when he has been healthy, he's been one of the best running backs forget running backs he's been one of the best offensive weapons in the game flat simple 
to the point. Capable of running the ball. Capable of catching the ball and turning it into big yardage. John Lynch, who used to hit people for a living, now he pretty much goes out and runs the 49ers. He looks at Christian McCaffrey, John Lynch does, and he says, yeah, this man is a running back by trade, but we expect, oh, so much more. Like a lot of really good players, he's a lot more than just a running back. I think he's a perfect player for for the way Kyle and our offensive staff does things. He brings a lot more than just running back skills. He's an incredibly accomplished receiver. He's got tremendous feel. He can play with speed. He can play with power. He can play with quickness. He can can do it all. And uh, we've seen that firsthand playing against him. Oh, we, we know this is all good when he's actually healthy. And yeah, sure, he's had his issues over the past two seasons, but what was the rush to put him back on the football field? There was none. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, he is absolutely thrilled that he has this man back in the fold. Let's, let's remember this. When Kyle Shanahan went to the Super Bowl, he was running through everybody. Raheem Mostert, who most people never heard of, at that point in time, was running people over, running through people, running around them. And so Kyle Shanahan is basically trying to duplicate or replicate the success that he had a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. And so what is Christian McCaffrey doing? He gets traded on Thursday night. He ends up in the facility on Friday. Well, Coach Shanahan, Is he working out? Is he exercising? Just talking to him, like where we'd be in the offense and stuff. I got to talk to the other coaches. I mean, this happened last night. It's not like everyone um, knew it was happening. So the factors in the special teams, who we can get up, who's down. There's no way he could be ready to, anyone can get up and have a limited package. Um, But what happens with an injury and stuff when someone has to go in and do everything? And um, those are the things we got to really think through. I have no idea if this man is going to play. I will assume maybe, maybe they'll put him out there just to quote-unquote be a distraction. But let me repeat this one more time. The 49ers are going to take on the Chiefs. If the 49ers don't have an expectation of putting up, I don't know, 25 to 30 points plus, don't even bother to show up to work. I'm sure Christian McCaffrey wants to play, but for what? For him to go out there and get smacked around? I'd love to see it. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, where do I sign up? And then you got Kittle. And then hopefully by the time Trey Lance comes back, he's at a point of maturity. And so John Lynch... He talked about this quote-unquote issue as well. If you have to think about Christian McCaffrey joining our squad a couple of days before the trade deadline, is he going to be ready to go? This is what John Lynch had to say in response. I just got, you know, brought him in here, got his cleats, got his helmet. I just got off a plane, passed a physical. It's a tall order. Right. And we're going to do what's right by Christian, what's right by our team. I I do think that's a tall order, but, you know, we'll see how how much we can accelerate this. Um, He's asking to. 
He's a football player, right? And that what football players do? Football players always want to play. I mean, damn it, we talked about Tua Tagovailoa last night. Tua Tagovailoa didn't know what the hell planet he was on, and he wanted to play football. I'm sure Christian McCaffrey wants to play, and they should let him. What are we doing, dialing up plays? I don't think it's necessary. Put Christian McCaffrey out on the floor. His presence by itself will do wonders for the 49ers. The idea and the threat that Christian McCaffrey will be out on the field. It's just a name. It's a person. It's a body. It's an entity. Whatever the hell you want to call the man. A freak. You have to take account. You got to pay attention. And it makes life easier for everyone else. Typically, would you want to throw him out there to the wolves? Into the woods? Against the Chiefs? No, you would not. But everybody got to make some noise eventually, right? This is a 49ers team that is a, I guess, disappointing 3-3. and But to say disappointing is odd because what would have happened if Trey Lance was the full-time starter? Jimmy G gives them the best chance to win right now. Christian McCaffrey gives them the best chance to win right now. Their defense, they are playing out of their minds. Why not take advantage of Christian McCaffrey? He's getting paid the big bucks. This man got a four-year, $64 million extension a couple of seasons ago, and since he got that money, he's been broken. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is just out here playing for money. I mean, his dad played in the NFL as a wide receiver. I think Christian is good, without the shadow of a doubt. What about the 49ers offense as a whole? They got some moves to make. And they brought this man in, and he's going to make everybody's life oh so much easier we mentioned this last night if you go ahead and take a look at the nfc west as a whole not so hot seahawks enjoy it while it lasts being able to look at geno smith and say oh oh, he's good what are you who are you trying to convince if he was so damn good nobody would have to be convinced Los Angeles Rams, what's going on with that offensive line? The Arizona Cardinals, I mean, damn it, they needed Andy Dalton to throw them the touchdowns for them to even get back in the game. San Francisco is best primed right now in the NFC to go on a Super Bowl run, and it's early. It's ridiculously early. Six games in early. But we know who the haves and the have-nots are. The 49ers, they picked up up themselves a a half, a hell of a half. 
And everybody else in the NFC West? Okay, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins back with Arizona. Los Angeles still trying to figure out things with this new offense. And Seattle? Eh, cross your fingers. San Francisco, the Niners, this division is theirs to lose. And I can't wait to see it. I would love to see Christian McCaffrey against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd love to see him end up with 100 yards on the ground and 100 yards in the air when he plays. He has always been one of the most exciting players in the entire NFL. It's a shame that the Carolina Panthers got to dump everybody just to look towards the future. For the Panthers, it's pretty much been inevitable from the moment that you allowed Cam Newton to walk out the door. And now you're paying for it. And it's not because Cam Newton was so terrible, so awful. The man was banged up. It's hard finding a franchise quarterback. Carolina Panthers wouldn't have even been in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for this MVP. Good luck in the lottery. Or excuse me, no lottery. Good luck in the draft. And if you don't end up with number one, end up taking some of those picks and flipping it. Good luck to the Panthers in their rebuild that they won't admit. And good luck to the 49ers as they look to go towards and back to another Super Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Friday night to you. We will continue to talk football. We'll continue to talk NBA. And on the other side of the break, we're not going to continue. We're going to start off with some conversations around college football. If you're getting ready for Sunday, we're going to be chatting it up with Emery Hunt of CBS Sports HQ. You, you're listening to the JR Sport Reef Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio here on a Friday night. I know the big news, even last night, was Christian McCaffrey being traded from the Carolina Panthers to the the 49ers. Well, if you're like me, you're looking for a bunch of things to watch and pay attention to on Saturday. And for a lot of folks, Saturday is not just a day off. It's a day for college football. And so we had to bring on an expert to talk about everything going on in the world of college football. He's the owner of Football Game Plan. He's an analyst. He's a speaker. He's an author. He covers everything football for CBS Sports HQ. It's my main man, Emery Hunt. Emery, thank you for taking the time to hop on with us to talk some college football. Not a problem, JR, man. I appreciate you having me on. Nah, not a problem. Well, let's get right to it. You know, we know what it comes down to when we think about the college football playoff, we can pretty much start to pencil in a few names. We got the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas of the world, but Tennessee has entered into that space, especially after that big upset last week. They're currently ranked what? Where where are they ranked right now? What, third? Third in the country. Do you see them sticking around in the college football playoff at the end of the year, or is Tennessee kind of a quote-unquote early riser? What, what do you think about their perspective moving on into the rest of the year? 
Well, they, they are kind of in a catbird seat right now because they slayed the big dragon in Alabama. And even though they're on the eastern side, now they put themselves in a situation where if they can beat Georgia, uh, they go to the SEC title game where they potentially have that rematch with Alabama. But it sets up something interesting, man. If you look at Tennessee and they get to the SEC title game, and we know how things tend to run, we all are prisoners of what we just last saw. So if we just saw this great Alabama-Tennessee game and they get to the SEC title game, it doesn't matter who wins or who loses. Both of those teams are going to get in. And if you're Georgia Georgia, and you're sitting there with one loss to Tennessee, what's keeping you out of the college football playoffs? So we could have a situation where, and the rest of the country is going to hate this, where you have Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama sitting in the college football playoff. It could potentially happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you think about SEC football, it's like the whole world revolves around there as it exists already. Emery Hunt is joining us here, CBS Sports Radio, as we talk about some some college football. Do you think Tennessee is going to stay in this mix? I think so. I think because of how they play offense and because their defense is decent up front and we've seen them be able to apply pressure, we saw them do a solid job against LSU uh, when they went down there to, to Baton Rouge and took care of business against the Tigers. They made things difficult for their offense. Now, I know that offense is in Alabama, but we saw glimpses of defensive play that could help them carry on. But the fact that they can outscore you is always going to be a problem. Okay. Moving forward, there's a couple of teams that you mentioned here. We're going to get to LSU because Brian Kelly, obviously, in his first year uh, leading the Tigers. You mentioned Alabama. That was a team that got upset. Uh, I mean, we saw Tennessee drag the goalposts into the damn river. When it comes to Alabama, we heard at the end of last season, Nick Saban kind of uh, brush off the end of the year and say that it was a rebuilding year. Well, here we are. They're just coming off of a, a, a gigantic upset. What do you think about Alabama? Is is this another, quote-unquote, rebuilding year? It's definitely not, man. And the only reason why Saban would say that is because he lost at the end of the season. So, to me, this is not a rebuilding year. You rebuild over the offseason, bringing in Jameer Gibbs, the outstanding tailback coming in from Georgia Tech, and doing what you did in the transfer portal. They are still great up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So you're going to be able to win in the trenches each and every Saturday. It's about whether or not the secondary is able to cover. And Tennessee did exactly what teams that have beaten Bama have been able to do. They are not afraid to throw at those defensive backs. So if Alabama wants to protect themselves, you're going to have to go back to that old school approach. They can't play up-tempo. You're going to have to lean in lean in on those, those big offensive linemen that they have and that talented tailback and gives and let him lead the way, keep that defense off the field, because I feel like right now, as long as that secondary is out there, it's going to be a potential issue for them against teams that's unafraid to throw. Emery Hunt is here with us, the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. Emery covers all things college football for CBS Sports HQ. Well, let me ask you this. We know that, again, it's, it's pretty much a, uh, a pat on the back you know, Nick Saban is getting a new contract. He'll be around forever. And now he's making more money than anybody forever. Do you think he's going to 
live out that entire contract? Or is it going to come a point in time where he just goes, okay, good, I'm out, I'm going, bye? <laughs> I think the rest of the SEC wishes he does. Uh, but I feel like as long as you're, you're getting money like, you're, like Nick Saban is, and you're getting the best players, it makes your job easier to, to really hang around. It's, it's almost like he's the GM of Alabama, and he's really allowing his assistant coaches to coaches. I was out of last weekend, JR. Remind me the last time you saw Nick Saban blow a gasket on the sideline. It hadn't been a it's been a while because he has been so under control. Why? Because I'm constantly getting the best players in. I'm so far ahead of my competition uh, year in year out. I can really start to delegate. I mean, he has a guy that's standing next to him on the sideline, handing him water. You know, that's how calm he is on the sideline. So I see him playing out this contract and continuing to get mega millions from Alabama. Uh, good for him. Speaking of mega millions, we know that Brian Kelly of the Tigers, LSU, he got a lot of them millions. What do you think about the start right out of the gate for Brian Kelly with LSU? I like what Brian Kelly is doing, man. And it, it, it pains me as a former Raging Cajun to, to speak glowingly about LSU because nothing more I would love to see is for LSU fall flat on their face. But Brian Kelly has stabilized that program. He's got them playing competitive ball up front along the offensive line, and that's his specialty. And I like that he brought in the Jaden Daniels, a guy that has tremendous leadership that's unafraid of pressure. And I also like that he went out in the transfer portal and replenished that entire secondary that is now playing in the NFL. He went out and got starters from other teams, and now they're starting for LSU. And they're playing great. So I think they have a great chance, to be honest, of not only beating Ole Miss tomorrow, but also making some noise against Alabama because they could have beaten Alabama last year with a rinky-dink football team that they had put out there in Tuscaloosa. Now there's a better LSU team, and they would be coming off of an upset of number seven Ole Miss and now going and playing in Alabama that's going to be reeling. They have a shot to represent the Western Division in the SEC title game. So I see this as a sneaky team uh, coming up to SEC. So I like what Brian Kelly has done so far, and it's only going to get better. Wow. Emery Hunt is here with us. Football game plan, CBS Sports HQ. We've heard a lot about Brian Kelly and his personality quirks from the minute that he was hired and even throughout that process. So you're saying that everyone is pretty acclimated and they've been able to kind of push out the noise because he was just recently complaining about, like, replay. It's just like focusing on your team. What do you think about his personality and how he fits in? You know what's fascinating, man? He wants things done his way, as most coaches do. And I like that he's going in and focusing on certain things and bucking the trend. We saw him have some issues with Keyshawn Boutique in the spring, and we were all just saying, well, what's going on with Brian Kelly? Why is he banging on their number one wide receiver? Well, now we kind of see why. He's out there, you know, loafing and and not being as into it, showing bad body language, all of those things, and we see now the process. We saw him now. uh, We now understand why he's doing the the things the way he does. Uh, It's working out for him. So, you know, usually people that go into LSU – as an outsider, talking about Nick Saban, talking about Les Miles, you're going to sure. ruffle some feathers initially, but you're going to go and win at, at the end of the day. Okay. As we start to wrap things up here, Emery, 
this this is a full slate of games on Saturday. Is there a particular game that everybody needs to pay attention to? Is there a sneaky game that we need to watch for some type of reason? Jackson State taking on Campbell. Two blackhead coaches, one at HBCU and Coach Prime, one at the PWI, and Mike Minter, who also played in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. Those two programs, and here's the thing about Mike Minter and what he's done at Campbell. I did one of their games when they played Georgetown, and I noticed, I was like, wait a minute. This looks like an FBS team getting off the bus with the offensive line, defensive line. Wow. And now you take on a Jackson State team that is great with talent. They're undefeated. That game is going to be a fascinating watch tomorrow. Well, Emery, let me ask you this, man. You, you talk about Deion Sanders and, and the success that he's had and working at an HBCU. Do you find him to be at Jackson for the long haul, or do you see – uh, a, a chance or a sliver where he decides to just up and leave and move into the big show. I, I think here, here, follow me on this one, Jr. I feel like his plan is to elevate Jackson State into the big time. So whether mm. or not some teams in the SWAC, like your FAMU or your Southern or some other team like that, your Tennessee State that's on the outside, unless they want to elevate with them, I can see them getting well enough support to where they jump into a conference USA or they jump into a, you know, a, a, a Sunbelt conference or something like that. I think that's the power play because he has everything that he wants at Jackson State. He has power. He's getting a new stadium as well. Why not elevate the program and be the first HBCU to go to FBF? I think that's a major move right there. It would be a huge move if that were to take place. Emery, I appreciate you for taking the time to hop on. Where can people follow you on uh, HQ for CBS and, and your website? Well, where can people keep up with you, Emery? Just follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, YouTube.com slash FootballGamePlan, and also on Instagram, all one word, FootballGamePlan. You'll see this pretty face all over that those outlets. And also check me out tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Philly and Flow Football as I'll be the color analyst for the Monmouth, Rhode Island broadcast. Beautiful thing. Thank you so much to Emery Hunt for joining us here of CBS Sports HQ and Football Game Plan. Uh, You ask him anything about college football, he will have the answer without a shadow of a doubt. So I look forward to having Emery back. We're going to do this. We're going to do this every Friday. Get you all set for college football on a Saturday. But right now, on a Friday night, it's the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. We've had one superstar get traded. His name, Christian McCaffrey. Meanwhile, we have a player for the New York Jets. Did I I see that correctly? The New York Jets have a player, while the New York Jets have a winning record. Their player, he wants out. I'm going to tell you about it on the other side of the break. It's the JR Sport Reef Show on CBS Sports Radio. It is the JR Sport Reef Show on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you oh so much to Emery Hunt from CBS Sports HQ for joining us. Getting us all set for the weekend, what we need to know, what we don't need to know, and let's just go ahead and cut to the chase. So thank you, Emery, for joining us. You know, college football, it, there's so many people I know personally. They will sit down on Saturdays and watch college football. But they have less of an interest in Sunday, which is pretty much owned by the NFL. 
Not a shock, not a surprise. Different strokes for different folks. Having said that, we also know that there's a a difference between the players who participate on Saturday. They are still amateurs. Some of them will be pros. And what we see on Sunday. You go to a football game in the NFL, you see gigantic human beings who could probably destroy anyone that they look at. There are still so many college programs and big, small, everything in between all across America where you go, well, damn, those guys are a little bit smaller. And it's natural. NFL is full of grown men. College, typically, young men who are still growing. And so when you're in that transition period from from college to the NFL, sometimes you got to be careful what you say. Sometimes you got to be careful how you conduct yourself, how you react and respond to not just your teammates, the organization, but the media and everyone surrounding the team on a day to day basis. Which makes this next story crazy to me. That the New York Jets, a team historically which has gone absolutely nowhere, that this season, the New York Jets are quote-unquote on the, the up and up. They have a record of 4-2. and two. Technically, they're in second place in the AFC East. Zach Wilson is back from his busted-up knee. Defense is okay, is solid. So when you're 4-2, and two, when you were expected to have absolutely no wins, everybody on the team would be happy, right? Everybody would be jumping for joy. They would appreciate the fact that they've gone, quote-unquote, through almost a, a perfect season, as perfect as perfect can be. Not 72 games perfect, not 82 games perfect, but damn good. The answer to that is no. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, who is really only in his second full NFL season. He's with the New York Jets. They were able to actually draft a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. They got options, people to throw the ball to. And so Elijah Moore, after being quote-unquote put on or excused from practice for a personal day, we learn that he didn't just have a personal day. I guess you could, maybe. He didn't want to go to work. He didn't want to He didn't want to face the media. He didn't want to talk to the media. He didn't want to do none of that. Elijah Moore here is basically in a position right now where he hasn't accomplished anything in the NFL after year one. And he wants to be traded. He wants to leave. The New York Jets are having success without him. He is, I don't want to say a nobody. He's played one year. Last season for the New York Jets, Elijah Moore comes out. Gives you 538 yards, five touchdowns. You would think in year two, for someone who was selected in the second round, that he would want to try to move his numbers up to 1,000 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. Well, damn it, he's not on pace there. The New York Jets have already played six games. He only has 203 yards receiving to zero touchdowns. 
This man had to disappear for a personal day. And then we find out that he wants to be traded. And head coach of the new, well, I want to call him New Jersey Jets so bad, but I'd be a jerk. The head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala, he said there's no chance that we're getting rid of this guy. It's just hard for me to believe, and I guess not, that someone who has accomplished almost nothing in the NFL already wants out. Like he already is in a position to try to bully the New York Jets to move on. Well, if you were as good as you thought you were by leaps and bounds, then you would get the ball, I would figure. Only time will tell. But it's a wild situation, as we just talked about college football, that here we have a player only two years removed from college. He's already asking for a trade. And you know what? Kudos to the New York Jets. Kudos to them, props to them for saying no. We have so many athletes. And you know what? Not so many. Don't, don't allow this to be misconstrued. We have a lot of athletes with means who just whine and complain and want to move on and don't want to be here. Elijah Moore has done nothing. And so he will be inactive for the New York Jets this upcoming game as they get ready to take on the Denver Broncos. And, I mean, he's pretty much been inactive all year long. Good for him. He can watch on the sidelines, watch at home, and miss it just like everybody else. He's looking for a payday. He's understanding and realizing that, oh, my God, the New York Jets are going to spread the ball around. How am I going to get paid? Well, you get paid by winning. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Ashano's calling from Charlotte. What's up, Ashano? Hey, what's going on, JR? What's and on your yeah, mind? Um, just wanted to touch base with I'm in Charlotte. I'm a Giants fan, but I'm giving a little perspective about how I feel about CMC, man. This town is going nuts, man. It's almost feeling like mutiny on the bounty. Uh, with that whole trade thing. Um, but they knew the writing was on the wall for, for a little while after, um, you know, the Matt Rule thing. I'm happy because I have him on my fantasy team, and I think this is going to increase his value, and I think he's going to beast it out for San Fran. Um, but it's going to mean, like, crazy implications for this city over a long time. And although they're going to be picking up draft choices, I thought he's going to go to Buffalo, incidentally. Um, they're going to suck for a long time. Um with all that being said, I'll take it off the end. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a great show. That's why I'll call back all the time. Well, thank, thank you, Ashano, for calling from Charlotte, man. Oh, man. You think about you think about the Panthers. They're going to be waiting. A, well, let me not say that. I wanted to say they're going to be waiting a long time. But that depends who you are and where you're from. A long time could be tomorrow. A long time could be three, four hours. A long time could be three, four years. It could be three or four decades. That could be a long time. For the Carolina Panthers, your long time is the rest of this season. Carolina Panthers will go through this year. They're going to blow a couple of leads, a couple of games. They will not have a lead. Going to try to 
make things as exciting as, as possible. Make it sound exciting. Well, good luck. I want to ask our producer tonight, Jack, more specifically here, about Elijah Moore, someone who has almost no cachet in the NFL, already asking to leave and move on. This is just a money grab. What say you, Jack? It really upsets me that he has the nerve to ask out. I mean, if the Jets were 1-4, or they were having another Jets typical season, and Zach Wilson was struggling, and everything was going downhill, then I would understand why he would make a trade request. I mean, we saw that Elijah Moore could be a shifty slot type of guy at uh, Ole Miss. He's a really dynamic playmaker. You can use him all over the field. But unfortunately, that potential hasn't really materialized at the NFL level, and he's kind of slid down the depth chart a little bit for that New York Jets team. At the same time, you got to earn your playing time, right? This is a meritocracy, and if he's not showing out on the practice field and not able to play on Sunday, that's his own problem. He has no right to go to the organization and say that I want to be traded. You know what this boils down to, Jack, and, and we know this because the world revolves around it. It's just the money. As a second-round pick, he understands if I want to get my next big contract, it's not going to happen if I'm collecting dust right here on the bench. And is that the right approach to have? No, absolutely not. When your number is called, you got to be willing to go out there and do some damage. And so he can be frustrated. A lot of people, I'm sure, don't want to be exactly where they're at. Now, I'm talking about professional athletes. I'm not talking about you, person listening to me. I'm sure there are a million places you would rather be. Maybe the beach. Maybe you are on the beach. Maybe not, but maybe you are. This is not Burger King. We can't always have it our way. Professional athletes are paid handsomely to play and participate in the sport that they're at. Is it a guarantee that you're going to play home? No, hell no. Most professional athletes don't, quote-unquote, play at home. Wherever they play, they try to make it their home, sometimes temporarily, sometimes full-time. Elijah Moore was a second-round pick last year for the Jets. Serviceable year. But after after six games, you want to bail? All he's thinking about is his money. How can I get the ball? How can I make some cash? It's terrible. Caesar is calling up from Boise, Idaho. You're on the JR Sport Brief Show. What's going on, JR? Uh, long-time listener, been supporting since the YouTube days, man. Happy to see you there. Thank you so much, Caesar. What's up? Well, you know, we've seen what's going on with Elijah and the situation with the Jets, but as you can see, you know, all the players from the previous draft are taking a seat back, right? Michael Carter's taking a sacrifice to let Brees Hall kind of eat. We've seen Corey Davis going out there on the field and blocking, making, you know, plays that he doesn't really usually make. Uh, C.J. Uzama just coming in, you know, basically being an offensive lineman. And Elijah Moore is so talented, and, you know, he's not willing to make that extra play, make that extra shove to really help the unit win. The Jets are finally winning after, obviously, you know, very, very miserable years. And the first complaint, you know, is I'm not getting the ball enough. It doesn't really make sense. You would think that, the Jets culture, the way it's heading and it's, you know, in the direction it's heading right now, he would be ecstatic, happy, and he's going to get his sure. opportunities. He has great talent, but 
he just simply doesn't want to wait. He just wants to continue to get fed. And, you know, yeah. we thought that the future might be Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and maybe, you know, cut ties to Corey Davis down the line when he gets older. But that's not wow. what it's looking like. And I'm, I'm really he, hoping that, you know. a lot. It, it'd be nice if the New York Jets can keep all of the talent that they have. I wouldn't be surprised if they ultimately give them the boot. Uh, you know, it's a tricky situation. Thank you, Caesar, for calling up from Boise. We know the tight end has so many more responsibilities than just just being out there, running up the middle, catching passes, Elijah Moore, even himself. How about your first responsibility? Be a good damn teammate. This guy's out here just searching for money, searching for cash. Do something in the league first. It's the JR Sport Re-Show on CBS Sports Radio.